All right, here we go. How we doing? Uh, how we doing? Let's get it. Let's go. I want to welcome everyone to the exchange. Uh, my name is Pastor Mark. I get the privilege of serving as the young adult pastor, one of the family ministry pastors at Grace Family Church. I want to say a huge welcome. Everyone, for the first time, put your hands together. Let's welcome them. I'm so glad that you are joining us. And like the team said, we're in week three of a series that we've called It's Complicated. We're talking about relationships. And tonight, I believe this message, this talk is going to be beneficial to each and every one of you in the room tonight. I think it's going to be a message that speaks to you in whatever season of life you find yourself in. And I know this because statistics say 96% of young people, young adults, desire to be married. 96% of young people have a desire to be married. But here's the thing. If you have a desire to be married, I would say probably 99% of us in the room have a desire to marry one day. You're going to walk through a season of life called dating. You'll walk through a season of life called, at least I hope you walk through that season, right? You're going to walk through a season called dating. And tonight, that's the topic I really want to focus on. And I think this is important because many of us are going about relationships and romance by our desires and missing out on God's design. And I think that when we put our desires over God's design, we're always going to experience heartache. We're always going to experience heartbreak. We're always going to find ourselves in this cycle of delusionment. We're always going to feel discouraged when relationships don't work out. And for those of you who are married in the room, you're, you hear, okay, we're talking about dating. This has nothing to do with me. I've been married uh, three years to my beautiful wife, Michelle. And um, yeah, thank you. And here's the thing about marriage. You never stop dating your spouse. You never stop dating your spouse. And there's always room for improvement. So I believe this message will speak to you as well. In fact, when Michelle and I, we moved uh, back to my, uh, Tampa, I grew up here in Tampa, moved to Miami, I was there for about seven years, and we decided we're going to move to Tampa, Florida. And uh, as we were moving, God really blessed us with an opportunity to build a house. And this was probably one of the most cool experiences of my life, but it was a, a very long process. It's an extremely long process. I remember when we first started getting all the plans together to build our house, we were talking about how we wanted different things designed, but to see the process come to fruition, it was the coolest thing ever. I remember it started with the simple idea, and then they started finally breaking ground, and in that moment, they started to trench the ground where they would lay the plumbing, and then after that, they would cover up all of the trenching that was done. They would map out the configuration of uh, how they would actually do the foundation of our home. And as they started to pour the cement where the foundation would be laid, uh, it was a long process. It was an extremely long process. And I remember they kept telling us, this is very important that we get this right. This is extremely important that we get this part right. And not long after that, they would then start to put up the framing of the house. There's two by fours that they would put, and it would make the framework of our home. This was even more important than just laying the foundation. This was a very important step for them. So they would be constantly having contractors come out to inspect the framework of the house. Day after day, different people would come out to inspect and make sure these two by fours, that they were uh, strong, that they were secure, that they were in the proper place. And not long after that, they would invite Michelle, out to, Michelle and I out to inspect how they had put up the framework to make sure that everything was secure and strong. Because the truth of it is, the framework of our home it would depict or it would dictate the structural integrity of our home. It would dictate the structural integrity of our home. And I share that with you because tonight I believe some of us 
not only do we have a weak foundation when it comes to our idea of dating, some of us have a completely wrong framework and we're dating. I think some of us, not only do we have a weak foundation in our concept and our thoughts of how to go about dating, many of us, we have the completely wrong and incorrect framework. And I believe it's time for some of us who are dating and find ourselves in a relationship. I believe some of you need to make a change to the framework. I believe some of you need to actually break up with someone. I believe some of you need to break up with something. And tonight, I kind of want to talk about that tonight. I think it's extremely imperative that we take hold of this and make the appropriate changes fast. Because some of you, you're not only needing to break up with someone, like I said, but you need to break up with something. And I think for some of us, we need to break up with the fairy tales that we have about this idea of relationships and dating. I think some of us are so misinformed what relationships are really about. I think so many of us have really missed the idea and the main point of healthy relationships. We need to break up with fairy tales. I think society and culture, just in the day and age that we find ourselves in today, it's so easy to want the fairy tale relationship. I remember as a kid, I didn't, my sister did, but she would watch like the Cinderella story all the time. Yeah, some, someone, some, <laughs> some of you, how many of you like remember uh, like Hilary Duff? She had like the Cinderella story, you know what I'm talking about? Like I'm not gonna admit that I watched that, but maybe, I, anyways. Like the Cinderella story, some of you know what I'm talking about, but you have this fairy tale idea and that's become or shaped the narrative of what you imagine romance ought to look like. I think some of you, you want a Prince Harry and Meghan Markle romance. You want a Prince Harry and a Meghan Markle romance, but you're dating like you just want your heart to be broken. You have this fairy tale idea about how relationships ought to be, and I think this, uh, this generation has become so romanticized, so infatuated, head over heels with the idea of being in love, but we have no idea what it takes to fall in love. We gotta break up with the fairy tales. Not only that, I think some of us, we need to break up with the fantasies. It's time we break up with the fantasies. We have these fantasies, these ideas, these dreams, these aspirations that our relationships will look a specific way. Some of you, you have fantasized that the guy or the girl that you're with, you keep making up this idea in your mind. You're, you're, you know that they don't know Jesus. You know they have no relationship with him, but you keep fantasizing that one day they're gonna come to know him and it's gonna be through you. You see, some of you, you're doing what we call missionary dating. You see, you're trying to run after Jesus, but you're dragging somebody with you. And can I tell you the truth? Not only is it time for you to break up with the fantasy that that person would find Jesus through you, I just wanna inform you, as a follower of Jesus, your job isn't to help somebody find a relationship with Jesus while you're in a relationship with them. Your job as a follower of Jesus is to be who God's called you to be, whether that's in a relationship with a believer or not, but especially when you're single, your job is to just point people to Jesus. You don't have to date them to do it. <laughs> I just wanna inform somebody that you don't have to date people to point them to Jesus. And I love what second, uh, I think it's second Corinthians chapter six, verse 14, it says, do not be mismatched with unbelievers. So many of us have heard that verse before, but what do we do? We disregard it. And you see, not only that, but fantasies, what they do, they give us like a, a jaded mindset. They blind us of reality. And some of you, you just need to 
to get along with the idea that you're just not ready to date. You're just not ready to date emotionally. You need healing. You got some wounds that you have failed to heal. Some of you just don't have the maturation yet. Y'all, this ain't a diss. This is me protecting you. Some of you need to just accept the fact you're not ready to date because the truth of it is this. Incomplete individuals lead to destructive and unhealthy relationships. And we're seeing way too many of that today. Be where your feet are. Be where your feet are. I think the other thing that we need to break up with is our feelings. Some of you need to break up with your feelings. And I think about this. How many of you remember when you were a kid and you had no business being in a relationship, but you were naive and 12 years old and dating somebody? And you guys go through like this breakup or there's a tension in your relationship. How many of you know like that doing it wrong by Drake just hits so different? <laughs> like it really got you in your feelings. But so many of us, what we don't realize is we're on the road to heartbreak. We just haven't felt it yet. We're on the road to heartbreak, but we just haven't felt it yet because we're trusting our feelings. I think about this verse in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. It says that the heart is deceitful above all things. Don't trust your heart. Don't trust your heart. I think about this. How many of you remember as a kid, like you would always say, like, I just feel this in my gut. Like, I got a gut feeling. Probably still say that today. I got this gut feeling. I, I, I saw this tweet the other day. It said, trust my gut? That thing can't even hold down milk. <laughs> Some of you, you just feel like, I got this feeling, I've got this gut feeling, but the truth of it is, your feelings are fleeting. Your, your feelings will be so quick to lie to you. And some of you are just telling yourself, you know what? I love him. He makes me feel so much better about myself. I love hanging out with him. I love when we're together. Friend, you, he's lied to you. She's cheated on you three times. Bro, she's clearly playing you. But, I, but they make me feel some type of way. Well, let's see how that lasts. Let's see how long that lasts because that's a recipe for a miserable marriage. That's a recipe for a miserable relationship. And this message is important because as your pastor, I believe I'm part of kind of given this responsibility. I kind of feel like I've taken this responsibility to help you date, but date and remain whole. Yeah. Not only go into dating and being whole, but when it comes time to break up, remaining whole. Yeah. I, I believe this with all of my heart, and in today's day and age, I think the most important thing we need to do is revisit and redefine what dating is all about. We need to revisit and redefine what dating is all about because today in the modern age and modern romance, we've made dating about hooking up and hanging out. We made it all about hooking up and hanging out. You know, we're just hanging out. You know, we're, we're, we're hooking up, but it's not that serious. You know, yeah, we're talking with it. No, it's really, dating is one thing. Dating is one thing. It's two people who have a firm foundation in Jesus independently of each other. They got a firm foundation independently of each other and what they're doing is saying, you know what, I think you would compliment me in this life. I think that if we come together, we could be fruitful. We've taken the time to gradually get to know each other through conversation, through community, in a healthy context. 
And I think that we should maybe start spending one-on-one time together in a healthy, manageable way and see if this is intended to be. To see if this is gonna be fruitful. To see if this is gonna move us closer to the ultimate goal of marriage. To the ultimate goal of marriage. You see, this is healthy. That's the healthy way of dating. And dating is where you commit not only to focusing on what matters most and who matters most, but dating is a moment where you put the games aside. Dating is a moment where you put the childish things beside you and behind you, no distractions, no games, and you're focused on the main thing. And I think that if I could just simply put it this way, dating is intentional, not recreational. Dating is intentional, not recreational. Today, I wanna challenge you. If you're in a relationship today, really look at your relationship and say, have we built this on a firm foundation? Is there a healthy framework for this relationship? Hear me on this. Because I think that the church, we've done a really good job. Not Grace Family Church, but the church as a whole. The capital C Church. We've done a really good job of doing what I just did. Which is tell you what you shouldn't do. And I think the church needs to do a little bit better job focusing on helping you date, equipping you with what you need, and helping you remain whole. And tonight, that's really my heart. That's my heart's desire. I'm going to shift gears in a moment here, but that's really my heart's desire is to help you remain whole in dating, and most importantly, not just hear from me, but hear the truth from God's word. And to do that, I'm going to speak to you from the book that many of you probably are like, what? The Song of Solomon. Some of you don't even know what that is. It's okay. It's in the Old Testament. But I'm not going to do this alone. I'm actually going to invite my lovely wife, Michelle, up to the stage. And we're going to do this thing together. Come on, put your hands together. Let's encourage my wife, Michelle, as she comes up to the stage. This is going to be fun. And we've really been praying and asking God to show us where he wants us to go with this conversation. And I believe... uh, I'm going to take this side. Yeah, go for it. Better side, right? That's what they all say. I'm just kidding. (laughs) What is that supposed to be? I don't know. I I probably shouldn't. We'll talk about it later. Anyways. All right. You ready? Here we go. I'm ready. I'm excited. Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon. Here we go. I want to encourage each and every one of you. Open up the Bible app. Song of Solomon. Open up your notes on your phone or your notebook if you got one. Because this book is... It's deep. Yeah, and just a little forewarning. Uh, this is a very poetic book. So if you read it, the scripture with us and you're like, what in the world? Just have patience. We'll go ahead and, and we're going to get right to it. So Song of Solomon chapter 1. Can starts... I set the scene real quick? Oh, yeah. sure. So I think what's cool about this book, if you really study it in its full length, you'll understand that chapters 1 through 3, it's depicting a man and a woman who are courting. You can look up courtship later. I don't have time to explain it. But this was the original way how people would go about working towards marriage. And it was very healthy. It was very safe. But when you read this book, it sounds like they're breaking all of the rules. If you don't understand how to read this book because it's a poem, like Michelle said, you'll be completely misinformed and you'll be like, what is going on? This is not healthy. I can't believe This is God's word. But here you have a guy and a girl who have an attraction to one another. They're they're attracted to one another physically, emotionally. They're into each other, and they want to see where this thing goes, and they believe it's headed towards marriage. So it's a perfect picture. 
when we look at the text in context and understand some of the principles that apply to modern romance today. So we can read it. All right. You guys ready? You guys got your Bibles out? So Song of Solomon chapter 1, verse 7. The woman speaks, Tell me, you whom my soul loves, where do you pasture your flock? Where do you have it lie down at noon? For why should I be like one who veils herself beside the flocks of your companions? So in this moment, this woman is asking the guy, where are you and how can I find you? Where do you work? Yeah, pretty much. What time is your lunch time? Like, where are you at? pretty much, yes. Where are you at? All right, cool. Verse eight, the man responds. He says this, if you yourself do not know most beautiful among women, Go out on the trail of the flock and pasture your young goats by the tents of your shepherd. So just in those two verses, this is what we learn. We, we learn that both this man and this woman, they have an interest in one another. They have an interest in one another. They have reciprocated their emotions. They, they have some res, 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 reciprocity, reciprocity. Yep, in that moment. So they both like each other. They both want to pursue each other. Some of you are like, okay, cool. Why are you really emphasizing that? I'll, I want to be very clear about this, especially and talk to the men in the room. Y'all want a real? Here's real. Just saying. <laughs> you want to see a healthy relationship take place? There should be reciprocity there. So men, let me talk to you. If she stops texting you back, if she doesn't respond to your DMs, if you try and holler at, your, at, at her and she's giving you the stiff arm, that's a sign. She's not into you. Give up. And I know some of you are laughing about it, but the truth of it is, I, I hear the stories all the time from girls. And I, I just want to let you know, I want to inform you, I want to remind you, it is not okay for any man to stalk, badger, continuously hit up, reach out, pursue a woman that has told you to stop. Respect that. And I think that it's so true. Women, it goes the both way, bo uh, same way, like vice versa. Respect that. And we always say, like, it takes two to tango, right? Yeah. So respect that. No, yeah, it definitely takes two to tango. And honestly, the worst relationship, if you guys can agree, is a one-sided relationship when only one person is putting in the effort. Doesn't that suck? It's, it's draining. It is tiring. It's exactly what it is, it's tiring. So when we were preparing this talk, we asked, well, why do we continue to pursue someone if they're not pursuing us, right? Why do we continue to pursue someone if they're not pursuing us? And we got to thinking, I, I wanna encourage you today, you do not need a significant other to feel significant, to feel noted, to feel seen. Why? Because God sees you, he loves you, and he has way more for you than you can ever imagine, the scripture. And that brings me to my next point, which I feel like in today's generation is just a huge thing. I have no idea why, but we like to mislead people, right? We're in a safe place. So we could talk about this. We like to mislead people, and we, we just need to communicate. For instance, if you, if you find someone and you're interested in them and you take them out on the first date, and then at the end of the first date, you're like, oh, I thought I was interested in you, but you're still a nice person. I just don't think you know, this is really going to work out. Tell them that in a nice way. Don't linger on and, and kind of let it drag out. Why? Because that just wastes time and it creates heartbreak for literally no reason. It's good. Yeah. I think that's really good. I love what it said in verse seven and eight. Like we said, she's asking the men, where are you? Like, how do I find you? Where can I find you? Where are you? And I know some of you, 
You're like this woman. You feel like you're ready to date. You're, you feel like you're ready to take a step into a relationship, but you feel like you just can't find that person. You feel like you can't find someone that's compatible or that can come alongside of you, someone that's running after Jesus like you are. And I want you to know, if you're in the room and you're saying, yeah, that's me, like I'm running after God, but I can't find somebody, I want you to know, don't be discouraged, you're in the right place. I believe you're in the right place and it's just a matter of if it's in God's will and God's timing. I think that's two of the most important things. Some of you are so discouraged and you're like, yo, I've been running after God, I've been seeking his face and I can't find that person. And some of you in the room, you'd sit there and say, you know what, I thought God would just drop that guy off at the front door. Well, I would like implore you, maybe start talking to the Amazon delivery man if that's your thinking. Or women, Amazon delivery women, But I really wanna encourage you, continue to trust God in the process. And like I said, I wanna give you about five principles that we take from the Song of Solomon. So principle number one was reciprocity. I think that's one of the most important things. And the second thing we see in verses nine through 11, it says, this is the man speaking. He says, to me, my darling, you are like my mare. That means a female horse. Among the chariots of Pharaoh, you are like my mare. Your cheeks are delightful with jewelry, your neck with strings of beads. You make, or we will make for you, jewelry of gold with beads of silver. And some of you are sitting here saying, did he just call her a horse? It's poetic. We'll get to it. Let me, let me explain that to you. And I would say, men, do not call a woman a horse. That is a terrible way to get a girl. But let me just inform you. He says, you are like the mare, the horses that Pharaoh had. King Pharaoh... He was known as a man at that time who had the most beautiful horses. He had these Arabian horses that from miles away, they could be sighted and distinguished even amongst another pack of horses. They would say, that's King Pharaoh's horse. And what this man is saying is, there is no one else like you. You are beautiful. He's edifying her. He's saying, woman, you are set apart. Girl, you are fine and divine. And I love that because what he's doing, he's edifying her. He's uplifting her in that moment. And I think what's true about this is if we want to have healthy relationships and date well, there needs to be edification. You see, what it means to edify is to build up or uplift someone. And he was telling her that she's beautiful. He was telling her what he likes about her. And he was doing it in an honorable way. And I think this is so true. When we're in a relationship, we should communicate things that uplift one another and not tear each other down. We should always be uplifting each other. And some of you will say, yeah, that's so good, but you're in a relationship where that guy or that girl is talking down to you. And you just feel like that's your safe place. Can I tell you, like, this, this really hits different for me? See, your, your boy's about to be a dad in 2022, in July of 2022. We're about to be parents, and we're expecting our firstborn. And can I tell you, it's a, it's a baby girl. We're having a baby girl. Girl gang, yes. We're having a baby girl. And can I tell you, when I read this, all your boy thinks about who's about to marry his daughter. And can I tell you, he better come correct. He better know how to talk to my daughter like the woman of God she is. I'm just saying, woman of God who sits in the room today, you've read what God has to say about you. Is that man that you're dating speaking the same things over your life? You've read that you are wonderfully and beautifully made. Is he speaking that over your life? Is he uplifting you or tearing you down? And I'd even say this. 
If you're in a relationship where there's consistent bickering and tension and back and forth, get out. Don't stay, don't, don't stay, don't hang out, don't think, oh, this is going to get better at some point. No, get out of that relationship because that's a recipe for a miserable marriage. It's the recipe for a miserable marriage. Yeah, definitely. And healthy dialogue, that's pretty much what we're talking about. And to be quite frank, Mark and I didn't really have a healthy dialogue exemplified in our parents' marriage. And I'm sure a lot of us can relate or some of us in this room can relate. Um, but that's why we're so passionate about it as well. So first, I just want to address, because like I said, this is a safe place. If you are in a relationship, here, let, me, let me rephrase that. You should not be in a relationship where you're being tolerated. You need to be in a relationship where you're being celebrated, okay? And the reason for that is, obviously, I'm not saying being celebrated for your wrongdoings or if you say something wrong or do something wrong. But in the event that you do say or do something wrong, that person should healthily and respectively communicate that to you. Not tear you down, not make you feel shame or guilt or inferior to them, okay? So that's, that's very, very important. And the reason why I say that is because if they're doing that now while you're dating, chances are they're probably going to yeah. do that if you're in a marriage. And to be honest, some of you guys want to get married, some of you guys want to have kids. That now is a generational issue. You see how you can tackle that right now today and choose to make that change today? And that secondly, that pretty much is the other side of it too. Well, maybe they're treating you with respect or they're treating you kindly or whatever the case may be, but have you assessed how they treat other people? If they're trying to pursue you, obviously they're going to be like, ooh, I'm going to put my, fe- my best friend. Exactly, butter you, you know, up. Butter you call up. you a mare, call ooh. you a female horse, you know? Don't call me that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys know what I'm talking about, right? So you need to assess, are you putting yourselves in those circumstances? Or are you just hanging out on a one-on-one? If you are, how are you going to evaluate, like, how they act somewhere else. And I heard someone say this in a podcast. Dating is like the interview process. That's good. Right? Not because we're being critical. We are not called to be critical, but we need to assess how they act in, in different circumstances. And Mark and I talk about this often, and we, we just, we have very interesting conversations, guys. Wait, marriage is just going to open a lot of doors. Um, but we ask ourselves, you know, why do people settle? Why yeah. do we settle in relationships? And I believe, honestly, guys, it's because we're just tired of waiting. Yeah. We're tired of, of waiting and we're tired of it not, like, not seeing things work out. Um, and if, it's that, if that's you today, I want to encourage you. I heard someone say it like this. Um, do not see the season where things don't work out as God's rejection. See that as God's redirection that's in your good. life. That's right? Great. See that as God's redirection because it's purposeful. He's trying to probably remove you from something that will potentially harm you even though you don't see it now and redirect you to his purpose for your That's life. Good. Yeah. So stop settling and trust God in the process. And the other thing that I love about this text in uh, the first chapter of the Song of Solomon, looking at verses 12 through 14, we continue. It says this, this is the woman speaking. The king is lying on his couch, enchanted by the fragrance of my perfume. My lover is like a sachet of myrrh lying between my breasts. He's like a bouquet of sweet henna blossoms from the vineyard of Engedi. Verse 15, the man responds. He says, how beautiful you are, my darling. How beautiful your eyes are like doves. And some of you hear this and you're like, yo, are we still reading the Bible? <laughs> like, yo, these people are freaks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but as he talks about, or as she speaks about the fragrance that lie between her breasts, she's speaking about how in this time women would put perfume 
and the center of their chest. And as she's referring to that, she's actually communicating the desire and the longing she has to be closer to him. She's speaking about the longing and desire that she has to be close to this man. And in this moment, they're both communicating how they desire to be close to one another. And I think that every healthy relationship, it should always have commitment and communication. Every relationship requires commitment and communication as they're having this dialogue in this weird whatever in this moment. (laughs) They're both explaining that they care for one another, that they long for each other, and that they desire to be together. And the application from this verse is that where there is no mutual initiative or care for each other, that relationship is dysfunctional and dead. Get out. And some of us, I feel like we just date because we we want that hotline bling. Some of us are just in a relationship because we just seek company. We just desire to have somebody at our beck and call. And can I tell you, that's the recipe for a miserable marriage. I I met with a couple the other day. It blew my mind. We were sitting there and we were talking and um, they began to share with me how uh, it feels like they're fighting for their relationship. They were just dating. I'm like, you shouldn't be fighting for a dating relationship. Help me understand. And they began to tell me like how they have this ongoing like bickering every time they're around each other and it's very contentious and it's not healthy. They know it, but they want to figure out a resolve. So I asked the question, what's keeping you guys together then? And in that moment, they just looked at each other and they said, we don't know. And can I tell you, they both left that, that dinner or that, that meal separate, broken up, realizing it, it was for the better of the both of them. And I share that because some of you, you're in stagnant, unhealthy relationships that aren't moving forward in a healthy way. They're not moving you closer towards the intended target, which is marriage. They're not moving you closer to Jesus, and you're just hanging around, wasting time, wasting energy, wasting your your money, (laughs) wasting your emotions. Save yourself the tension. Stop wasting each other's time. Yeah, definitely. And honestly, while studying for this talk, uh, I take this very seriously, by the way. Being up here and speaking with you guys is such a privilege and an honor, so thank you guys for for having me. Um, But while studying for this, I was really just praying and saying, honestly, you don't need to hear from Mark and I. You just need to hear from God. So my prayer is that you're hearing from God tonight. And um, as I was praying, uh, it came to mind that God created marriage as a covenant, not dating. Mm. Okay? God created marriage as a covenant, not dating. And the reason why I say that, and listen, this is, <laughs> I say things, listen, yeah, I that's think me. sugarcoating things yeah, is just me. not the best way to do it. Um, so God created marriage as a covenant, not dating. And the reason why I say that is because there's some people here that have been dating for six months, a year, one, two years, three years, four years, however long, and we feel like, man, we've just put too much effort into this already. Like, it's been four years. There's too much skin in the game. Um, for me to, even though you see that there's no reciprocity, there's no edification, even though you see those things, there's too much skin in the game and you don't want to back out. Or um, you may be scared of how that other person may feel, you know, when you say to them, hey, I really don't think things are working out. If you do feel this way, I want to pose this question with you because you guys are family. Do you have the end goal in mind? If you do not see your relationship going in a direction of a healthy marriage, you need to reassess your relationship and determine to end things. That's good. And when we say breakup, it can kind of sound harsh. But like, oh my gosh, breakup. You can break up in a nice way. Not every breakup is a happy breakup, That's good. right? You can break up in a nice way. And um, 
Because think about it, without an end goal, what are you guys actually striving for? Think about it, without an end goal, what are you striving for? And at this point, you're just existing and you're not living in the wow. life and purpose that God has for you, amen? <laughs> and again, foundationally, I always think foundationally, I'm very practical, I like foundational stuff. So if he is pursuing God wholeheartedly and you are also pursuing God wholeheartedly, then individually, you will see this affect every single aspect of your life individually. And then together, still individually pursuing God, you both will be able to pursue God wholeheartedly. And this will save, I'm telling you guys, hear this, this will save a multitude of errors in your dating life. That's good. So if you're single today, take advantage of that singleness. If you're dating, you're still single. Take advantage of your singleness while you are dating because marriage is the covenant, dating is not. That's so good, come on. So, what do I say after that? Ah, I forgot. Ah, she's great. I'm just kidding. It wasn't me. It was the Lord. Thank so, you. I, would, I would say this. If we want to date and date well, communication and commitment are two very important principles. I think that those two things, communication and commitment, always bring clarity. It always brings clarity. And we all need clarity. And moving forward, got to rush it a little bit. Continuing in the Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 16 through 17. The woman, she says this, you are so handsome, my love, pleasing beyond words. The soft grass is our bed. Fragrant cedar branches are the beams of our house and pleasant smelling firs are the rafters. As you read verses 16 through 17, you could leave that up on the screen there. You see, she says the soft grass is our bed Fragrant cedar branches are the beams of our house and pleasant smelling firs are the rafters. And in this moment, they're talking about their desires for each other physically and emotionally, but they're doing it in a healthy way. They're doing it with boundaries. And give me a moment as I explain this. You see, they're talking about laying down in a bed. And it's not like the bed that we have in our house where we're staring at a ceiling that some of you, when you lay down with that boyfriend or girlfriend, you stare at the ceiling together. What they're talking about in this moment, they're laying down in grass, a pasture of grass. And all they see around them and above them is trees. They're dating in a way where yes, they're romantically attracted to each other, but they're doing it in a healthy and safe way in public. They're after each other emotionally. They, they want each other. They desire each other. But they're, they have some boundaries in place. They're protecting themselves. And when I think about this, I think about the power and importance of having healthy boundaries in our relationships. Because many of us, we would all admit to this. When we're dating, hopefully there's like a desire to one day have sex. And that's not wrong. But if it's out of control, then it becomes dangerous. It becomes extremely dangerous if you can't control it. And what's being communicated in this moment is they have clear boundaries. And when I think about this, maybe you can see it from where you are. But they have this desire for one another. And I think about this for those of us who are dating. There's a line up here on stage, and this represents the sin. The sin that we want to get into. The sex that we want to have. And many of us, what we don't realize is we're tiptoeing with the sin. We're tiptoeing on that line. We're getting really comfortable and close. And then we just start losing our minds when we give in and step over the line and actually perform the act of sex. 
Can I tell you, maybe for you, you need to start implementing boundaries in your dating relationship where you aren't even getting close to the line of sin. Maybe you need to set the line all the way back here and say, you know what? We're not even gonna hang out at your apartment. Maybe you need to set the line and say, you know what, after 10 o'clock, I gotta go home. See, you don't wanna overstep the line, but friends, stop tiptoeing on the line. I I think about those of us who are in the room today, and I wanna speak to the men in the room. Pornography is a real thing. I'm really passionate about this. We talk about it all of the time. Porn and sexual immorality, having sex out of wedlock, It's like poison to your soul. It's killing you inward and outwardly. It's doing the innermost dangerous works more than you could think or imagine. And for men in the room, I want you to know it doesn't get any easier when you're married. I'm I'm being vulnerable, I'm being real here. This is an area that the enemy's always testing me, but from a young age, I made a decision I'm not gonna tiptoe at the line. I'm not gonna sleep with my my phone next to me. I'm not gonna be watching videos late at night. I'm not gonna be scrolling through social media. I'm not gonna follow the girl that's always posting in the bikini. I'm not gonna tiptoe with the line. Instead, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have a boundary. And I'm gonna set the boundary back here. In fact, I'm gonna put a timer on the amount of social media that I can access in a day. In fact, I'm gonna create another boundary. What I'm gonna stop doing is sleeping with my phone next to me. And I'm gonna tell my, my wife, Hey, I'm sleeping with my phone on the kitchen counter. I'm leaving my phone on the kitchen counter each and every night. Set a boundary. And I know as I communicate this, it can kind of sound condescending or condemning. But what I want you to know is Michelle and I, even when we were dating, we were really trying to honor God. We were tempted in so many ways. But can I tell you, by the grace of God, we never gave in. Can I tell you, by the grace of God, we didn't give in to the temptation. Why? Instead of tiptoeing with the line, we set a boundary. We said, you know what? We're not going to do this. We're going to protect ourselves. We're going to save ourselves. We're going to continuously seek God and trust him in the area of purity. I even think some of you in the room, and I hate to just keep going on about this, but this will wreck your relationship if you're not careful. Some of you know cohabitating. It's not healthy. It always leads to sin. Living together is not healthy. It always leads to sin. You can't honor God if you're cohabitating and living with one another. But some of you, you're tiptoeing the line. You, you, you tell yourself this. You know, if, if I just stay over six out of the seven nights of the week, it's okay. We're not living together. I, I'm going back home. Can I tell you, you are destined to wreck your relationship in your heart. It's the worst thing you can do. Have boundaries and be firm about them. And you see, boundaries are important because we all struggle. But the truth of it is this, how you respond to the struggle is everything. We all struggle, but how you respond to the struggle is everything. And as we close, I want you to know we're not up here to parent you, but to protect you. As a pastor of this ministry, I felt this heightened responsibility to help protect you and go about dating and remain whole. And the last principle we want to talk about as we get ready to close this thing out, I promise, is accountability. And in verse 11, I want to go back. The woman says this, or the man says this to the woman, we will make for you jewelry of gold with beads of silver. See, what I love about this in this moment is they had accountability in their relationship. He's saying not I, but we. That means his friends, his peers, 
they were in agreement that this relationship is healthy and it's blessed by God, therefore we're gonna celebrate it and we're gonna get her some, some jewelry. They honored them for that. There was accountability in that relationship and I want you to know today, it is so important that you get this. If you're dating, quit dating in the dark. Quit dating in the dark, get some eyes on your relationship, get some people that you can trust to speak into your relationship and tell you the hard things and the things that you need to hear. And one thing that I think, and I, I love the fact that we're doing this series and um, that we're just being honest with each other and I wanna be honest with everyone here. The person you are dating should not be your physical accountability partner nor your spiritual accountability partner. And hear my heart on this. It's not because Albert's in the back like, amen, yes, brother. Um, <laughs> it's not because you think, or I'm saying that they're a bad person or they don't have your best interest in mind, but it's because you need an unbiased opinion so good. into your relationship. Because there's so many feelings already in your relationship, and guess what? The truth, what? The truth hurts. We don't want to hurt the person that we love and that we care for. So that's why we need people that are trustworthy, godly. Let me say that again. Trustworthy, godly people that are reliable and that will be honest with you, even if the truth hurts, right? And, and again, safe, safe place here. We're being truthful. If you're telling yourselves, you know what, Michelle, um, I don't really think I need another accountability partner. Right? My boyfriend or girlfriend will do then I want to ask you the question, do you then actually want to hear the truth? Do you want to wow. hear the truth? Because then if you weren't scared of hearing the truth, you wouldn't mind having a mentor in your life speak into your relationship. So because good. maybe you're scared of them saying, hey, from a godly point of view, this relationship is toxic. This relationship is not healthy. So I ask you that question, are you scared of then hearing the truth? I love that. And I think as we get ready, to officially close this thing out, I promise. It's important, it's our, it's our hearts here, it's our it, dating lives. Exactly, and I think that the Bible tells us in Proverbs 4, verse 23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And really, as your pastor, like man, I just feel this, this is so important that you get this. I feel this is so important that you bring your friends and your peers alongside of you to hear the rest of this series. Because I'm, I'm seeing, as a whole, I'm seeing way too many young people dealing with anxiety, depression, heartache, heartbreak, suicidal thoughts, going through relationships where there's abuse and not getting the help they need or not doing anything to change the narrative. And I feel the responsibility to equip you with what you need to do so. And our heart, our heart is to see you go into relationships being whole, but also when those relationships may not work out to come out of them and remain whole and continue to walk in wholeness and in health, I feel that's our responsibility. Now, I want to close this out here. I want to close with prayer tonight. And I want you to know, uh, as you're sitting here in the room, maybe you've uh, walked through some difficult seasons when it comes to relationships. Maybe for you, you've experienced heartache and heartbreak. Maybe for you, you've even experienced divorce. I want you to know there's hope. I want you to know there's also help. And we want to equip you with everything you need, whether that's prayer, a small group, whether that's counsel, whatever you need, we wanna equip you with that as a ministry. And we want you to know we're praying for you. And we believe the best is yet to come when it comes to this area of our lives. So I wanna pray for us. I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet as we get ready to close. Maybe you're here and you're saying, well, what's my next step? Maybe you're in a relationship today and you're saying, what do we do about this? Maybe for you, the hard reality is we need to take some time away 
and that's all right. Maybe for you, you need to just come to terms with the idea you guys have been doing this all wrong. And maybe for you today, you're dating and you're committed to seeing this out together, but you know you need some help. I wanna invite you. We have a group at Grace Family Church called Premarrieds. I think it's so beneficial. I recommend it for each and every person that's serious about their dating life. I wanna encourage you to do that. We're gonna have some of our team members in the lobby that would love to get you connected. And Michelle and I, we're gonna be up here and I wanna ask the prayer team to come on up to the front as we get ready to pray things out. If you need prayer in any which way, our team's gonna be up here to help you with that. And Michelle and I, we'd love to answer any questions you may have, but let me pray for us as we get ready to close. Every head bowed, every eye closed, all across the room. Father, we come to you today and we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that the example is found in you. We thank you, Lord, that you give us peace. We thank you, Lord, that you give us hope. We thank you, Lord, that you give us strength. We thank you that you are the God of truth and grace. Lord, we thank you that we can leave behind our past because you offer a better future. We thank you, Lord, that in you, Lord, is strength. In you is peace. In you is hope. And Father, right now, we come to you making ourselves available. And I pray for each and every relationship, Lord. If there's healing needed, Lord, would you bring healing? Lord, where there is no wisdom, Lord, would you bring wisdom? I pray for the one, Lord, who feels hopeless in this area of dating and relationships. God, would you bring strength? God, would you bring healing? God, would you bring encouragement? And Father, I just pray we as a people, we would be encouraged to honor you with our relationships because it's in our relationships we reflect you. So Father, we lift you up and we praise you today. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.